Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Welcome everybody to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. I'm here with the usual, Ola. Hey. And G. Hi guys. And uh, we have a very special guest today, the wonderful Jackie Walker. Woo! Hello. Hi, everybody. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. How about you, Jackie? Wonderful. Um, for anyone listening, um, all your millions of subscribers, I have a little bit of cold <laughs> I'm getting over, so I'm manifesting that shit for you guys, okay? <laughs> well, thank you, we made it. Mm-hmm. That's so fucking funny. Yeah, so you might hear me sniffle, and it's not because I have a Coke problem. It is because I have a cold. <laughs> We, we are, love we are you so, already. Yeah, we love you perfect. already. I got swabbed for COVID, and I assume in Australia they do it the same with the nose swab. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're bleeding a little bit. And she looked at me like I had a real, like she was like, really? Like she narrowed her eyes at me. And I was like, bitch, I don't do cocaine. Why are you going to look at me like that? Just because <laughs> you just jabbed that into my brain. <laughs> but I digress. That's not the topic of the podcast. <laughs> I told you some of this podcast might begin to be like a fever dream at some point. We are so excited to like have you on. Um, it's always lovely when you get to meet like um, like indie authors and learn about their experiences. And you also have some very unique and special topics in your books that we really mm-hmm. are excited to like talk to you about and get your perspective on. But we'll start with something very easy, which is. What made you start writing romance novels? Well, when I was a girl, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) Um, I've always been kind of an off and on reader throughout my entire life. Um, When I was young, I would go through periods where I would like just, that that was my whole personality was reading. And then periods where I was like reading is stupid and I just much rather watch a TV show. And that continued throughout my life. But one thing that has been constant is writing. Um, that I've always found uh, very exciting. And I've always, it's always come naturally to me. Even in, like, I remember I was uh, in an essay contest in elementary school and got to go to, like, all the national finals and stuff and just, like, random shit like that. So I've always been a writer. Um, never thought of writing for fiction until COVID happened. Um, I was, prior to COVID, like pre-pandemic, I was working at Disney and I had a lot of, I should should probably say the name. Let's call that, uh, I, I don't fine. even have a name for it. Our one million followers, I think they're going to be okay with that. Some of them are going to be in Disney legal, mark my words. <laughs> <laughs> but in my job, I had a lot of downtime and because of the nature of the job, it was okay to, to read. Um, li- literally, like, I'm, that's not even a bullshit thing. Like, uh, wink, wink. Uh, I was allowed to read. Honestly. No, because as long as I was, like, I was standby. Like, I was Fuck waiting. Your 
why you like my books, Ola? <laughs> They're really me. Um, so uh, I was reading, like, I must have read probably 400 books in a year leading up to pan- the pandemic. I was a reading romance junkie. I don't even know half the shit I read. Like, it's all a haze of, of, of penis and cunt and just... <laughs> just <laughs> I was saying that to Jean the other day because I read so much and like six months ago I read a book and she's like what's it about and I'm like I don't know I gotta reread it yep yep yeah. and there's several that like a scene will stick out um or a mood or you know but in general I'm like I don't know I don't know did that happen yeah. do, I'll get do into you a get book as and be well, like oh um, shit I already read this yeah do you get as well like me and Ola were talking about how like you'll be like oh man I really wish I, I could read that book again I wonder what it's called and you realize that you would have like merged like two or three books together into like one book and you would be like man I really wish I could read that book and then you try to find it and you realize that you've like just sort of melted them all together in your brain but the beautiful thing about that I once recommended a book to my friend and I was like, yeah, and this happens and this happens and then this happens. And she read the book and she's like, a third of that shit happened. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But you could go to that bang Facebook group and describe your amalgam book. (laughs) And some would be like, bam, got you. Tentacle penis <laughs> with green horns and <laughs> the harem with the breeding and and somebody be like, here I go, I got you, babe. Here it is. Screenshot, screenshot, screenshots. But yes, that happens. It's just a fog of plot lines and a few authors though, like I could quote you things in their books. Like Pippa Grant for me is like I don't know why, but I just connect with her storytelling so much. And I like that she is funny. Sometimes it can be a little, really, how much glitter do we need in one series? But um, (laughs) I just just find, like, some of her storylines so memorable. And her characters are just unique. And so I could probably quote, like, plot lines for... 15 of her books like without batting an eye and then others I'd be like huh even though I read the whole thing probably twice and I don't know what the hell I read but it was good at the time and I'm like easy easy review five star five star you guys were <laughs> killing me I was listening to some of your reviews and you were given worth it like which one of you gave it 2.99 stars <laughs> Betty freaking Betty when I listened to that I kind of agreed with all your points. I was like, yeah, it was kind of a chaotic jumble of, of uh, it's just insanity. But it was so fucking funny that I didn't care that it wasn't. At the time, I was like, when she stood up, spoiler, if you do not, if you haven't, haven't listened to that or read that episode, skip 30 seconds. At the end, when What's-Her-Name stood up and was like, that's why I fucking came. I was like, yes, go, bitch, go. (laughs) I love that shit. And the arm that kept grabbing shit, the bionic arm. Goddamn. I mean, what romance novel are you going to have with the bionic arm and a guy falling into a fucking porta potty? And then next thing you know, they're getting it on. And you're still into it. I don't know. But it, did you know one of those authors? I think she passed away. She did. Yes, C.M. Owens did. Yeah. So, listen to me, boo. 
Boo! What a mood killer, Jackie. Good job. No, <laughs> 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 sorry. Fun. That's so fucking funny, I can't, I'm gonna Wait, so you, were, so you were you were working at Disney. Oh yeah, then, was there a question? And then, and then when was it that you started writing? G is the one with the type A personality, right? Yeah. Brought us right back to the point. Basically. It, will, it, will give, it will give me anxiety if you don't answer the question. She's like, I have to check this off. It's on my fucking list. <laughs> I will fly to Florida, rent a car, drive to your house. <laughs> okay. Um, I was working at Disney. I had read so much. And then COVID happened and Disney closed like everything, lockdown, and I'm sitting at home like, well, I guess I have more time to read, so that was cool, but then I started to think like, I, sh- I started to get ideas for books at that point, like, I think prior to that, I had always kind of had ideas for stories, but I never thought about writing them down, like, wouldn't it be cool if there were a story where this happened, sure, so at some point during the pandemic, I saw an advertisement for uh, NaNoWriMo, which is a writing event in November each year where this uh, nonprofit tries to get more people to write and finish their books. And it was like, if you can write 2,000 words a day for the month of November, you'll have a novel at the end of And I wrote way more than that. So I started in November, and by the third week in November, I had finished Love and Other Chaos, just flew out of me at light speed. And that's a 94, I mean, that's my smallest book, but it's still like 94,000 words. It's still a pretty books decent. books just get longer and longer. They do. I can't shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> and when I get to the end, like I'm done with the story. I'm like, bitches, I'm checking out. Y'all need to hurry it up. Let's, what's happening next? Okay. Like I'm talking to them in my head, like, shut up. Let's fucking finish already. Um, yeah, so I decided to do it for NaNoWriMo, which I'm sure I'm saying wrong. Um, and I just found an, I found a, I went on YouTube and I looked like how to publish a book and found a couple videos and some of them were older and outdated, but some of them were still valid. And I just found, uh, one person to edit and she actually was in the Philippines and even though she was uh, like English as her first language and everything, she edited it for me and I just published it and was like, here you go. And had no arcs, had no beta readers, had the cover designer I got was like horrible. My first cover, I just, oh, we can talk about that later when we get to the pitfalls of being an indie author because there are many, but, um, I just put it out there and then I just immediately wanted to write the next one and people started to love it. I had people emailing me like, I love this character. I resonated with her or I love miles, the son, um, who has autism people, so many moms that have, uh, kids with autism were writing me or reaching out to me and being like, this was the first book I read where it actually felt genuine. And I'm like, yeah, cause I got a kid with autism. <laughs> So, yeah, it should. If it doesn't, then I'm not doing it right. But, yeah, so that's how I started. Um, It was COVID shut down, just needed something to do. And then um, 
I actually lost my job at Disney. They never hired me back. So I, I had some money set aside because I was planning on buying an RV and living this whole dream life like a bohemian. And uh, so I used my RV money to kind of like fund myself for the next several uh, months. And I'm still like dipping into that pretty, pretty soon. I'm either going to have to get a, a ginormous following all of a sudden or go back to work and write on the side because the two worlds are not. I don't know. It's expensive. Being an author is expensive. Um, there's, that. yeah, it, it's not cheap. Uh, but I just love it so much. Like I finally found, I finally found um, my calling. My entire life, I've just felt like I didn't know where I belonged. Uh, I could do any job that you put in front of me. Sure, um, would do it well. But I never felt like it fit. And this for me is just like this community and doing this. It's truly, it's a work of passion. And so I love it. So that's how I got in. Oh, this is check it off. Check it off, G. (laughs) 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 That's so amazing to hear that. Like, yeah, because I feel like, and that's, that's the sort of people that you want in the community as well. Like people that have just, they love it so much with a passion, you know, and I guess that is the case for most indie authors because we have yeah. heard that before that it is, it's expensive, yep. it's time consuming, and it's really hard to balance if you are working also, with family life as well. And it takes it over your whole life as well. Like you'd become so engrossed in it. And so you have yep. to be like prepared to give up your life a bit to write a book. Yeah. Um, one of the authors you had on uh, was talking about how it like consumes her. I think it was the Jade sugar dad Jade, yeah, yeah, and I could relate that, to that yeah. so hard. One of my sisters uh, reads smut, and she loves my books. She's always like, whenever I would finish a book, she'd be like, "Give me, give me, give me the next one," and I'm like, no. <laughs> and when I finished uh, my Amos family, the love and laugh series, she's like, "I know you're writing new books, and that's cool, but I miss my friends, the Amos holes." <laughs> <laughs> they're not real first off and she's like you don't know that and I was like you're right I don't because every time we go to Clearwater I'd be looking around for Brody and Clara and Court like they're really gonna show up around any corner because it's really not that far from here uh, where I set those books but it does it takes over your whole um, whole life I actually get I'm not surprised that I'm very sick right now because I just finished Forbidden Hero and getting to the end of a book, every single time I've finished a book, I've had either like an emotional breakdown or a physical uh, breakdown. I'll usually go into like a sleep coma for three days where I just wake up, <laughs> eat, go back to bed because it's physically and emotionally, it is so draining to get to that point. And I haven't even gone through the proof proofreader's comments yet on that book and I haven't written the epilogue which I apologize if you guys read to it and didn't get to the you didn't get to the epilogue yet I'll I'll send it to you soon but um yeah it's it's so um it's it's just an all-consuming experience if you did not enjoy it you you should not do it you you shouldn't because you will lose friendships you will lose family members I've had constant battles with my other I have one sister that's kind of like she won't listen to this because she, if it's not about Jesus, she's not talking about it, which is like, I don't know. Excuse me, sir. Do you have time to speak about your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Hold on. I have to tell you this quick story. My son uh, is 15. He just turned 16 the other day. He's on the spectrum and he's funny as fuck. My kid is hilarious. I swear he must totally get it from me. I mean, obviously. Um, okay. My sister, the Jesus one. Um, my Jesus sister. Jesus. <laughs> Let's call her Mary. No, it's not her name. <laughs> um, her husband was starting a, a car trouble business. Like if you break down on the side of the road, you need uh, gas or you need to get locked out, whatever. Do we have a company here in the United States called AAA? Do you have yeah. that? Yeah, so we, we do. Listen to this bomb ass name, my son. And I'm like, oh, what, what could we name the car? We were making fun because we're catty bitches. I'm like, oh, maybe we could have Jesus saves you from the side of the road. Like, maybe that would be one. Another one could be. And my son goes, no, needs to be triple A men. I was like, what? Triple A men? That's fucking funny. Holy shit, man. I don't know what the point of that story was, but it happened. <laughs> I need an editor for my podcast to cut the nonsense out. <laughs> it's me. I'm the one that edits it. <laughs> yeah, like- we love it. We love it. <laughs> okay. What are you reading currently or have been reading currently? Um, I DNF'd a not so meet cute. And I'm ashamed. <laughs> oh, shit. It might have been me, but... Um, I've never I, heard it anyone been the, DNFing a not so make you. <laughs> I know, and I'm a rom com girl. Like that's, yeah. I couldn't. I was like, okay, the I didn't even get very far, and it could have been, it could have been mood. I was trying to finish this book, so I was really just listening to it on audio for a distraction one evening, but I just could not get into it. Um, I and I and I I will probably finish it up, read it, and love it. But um, I wanted to talk to you about the dry humping because I listened to you. I told the girls. (laughs) I was like, we're going to get schooled on dry humping because dry humping is not okay. No. (laughs) I laughed so much. And I was sitting there going through my head going, oh, my God, in all my books which ones had dry humping to completion? I can tell you. I can tell you. And I know it was another trouble. I don't know if you <laughs> listened to it, but I actually did it as homework. I dry humped my partner. Did you listen to that episode? <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> and I almost broke his penis. It just did not work. It was not good. And so, and so, so we're not a big qualms. fan of the dry humping. I'm I'm totally on board with you. And Megan Quinn has an obsession with it. It's in all her books heavily. Um, <laughs> I, but the, the I was listening to that. I just wasn't in the mood to connect with the characters. I will probably go and finish it and love it. I read Praise by Sarah Kate um, in one night. Loved it. Um, I I didn't. I don't know. Was that really a praise kink though? Is that all there is to it? Just tell me I'm a good girl because that's like in every fucking book now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's Maybe more I that, like a... it's because a lot of books do have it but they don't like um spotlight it as much whereas oh, this was okay. purely about that kink so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. The, um, I found, like, because we, we, we sort of talked about, like, the fact that it was, like, a kink club that could have been, like, a lot more kinky. Yeah. Um, but yes. I really, I think I preferred the second book, which I think, I can't remember what it's called. I think it was called Eyes on Me. Eyes on Me. Eyes on me. Yeah, and I really liked that one. I reckon that one really, like, played on, because the guy has, like, a voyeur thing. Yeah. I think that one sort of played on it a wee bit more. As as big as everybody hyped praise and don't, it was a five star read for me. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. I was expecting it to be kinkier. I was definitely expecting kinkier. Um, It was great, but I was like, it seemed it was pretty tame. It was hot, but okay. Um, But I'm going to read the next one, and I'm so excited for Give Me More. I just have I just had to finish this book I was writing um, because I really I was thinking like I'm really craving a reverse harem lately. I don't. Oh shit, I've got some recommendations. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I've been just, I've got pen. one which is like 12 guys, one chick. You want me to hit you up? I got you. Have you ever read the one with the, um, it was like a, a it was kind of like an astrology based reverse harem. Um, and they each had their own, they were like gods of different. You know Zodiac I? Academy? No. No, so um, Academy is about a school. It was, um, god damn, I forget what it was, but that was the first time I saw triple penetration in a book, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> you got to find out what that name is for us. I, was I it, have it, was in, it, my, it like, it's in my Goodreads. How, how did it work? Was it like two in the vagina, one in the bum? Yeah. Yeah. Holy I fucking didn't even know that Jesus. Was possible. How did people fit in like, no, we got to think well, about the here because we are very if much it's possible. practical people well, yeah. it is possible because I literally had to go look at actual porn after that to see if it was possible <laughs> because I am a visual person and I could not for the life of me see how that was going to happen until yeah. I saw it <laughs> but how do yeah, they yeah. all fit in there there's only the, guys have to be, the guys have to be okay touching each other in some way. There's just no way to get yeah. all that in there without all of their balls. Know. All of their balls would be like together. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just one. Like, Accurate. Just Unless they're all facing the they, same way. Oh, they're no, also kind of like their legs spread to accommodate the other in between their own legs, and then the girl. Like it, it's a lot of maneuvering, and that girl would just be being squished, be being crushed. Just yeah. like a sandwich. She's just a pancake. <laughs> Holy shit. She's a lawn chair <gasps> pancake. <laughs> I feel like I'm we need to <clears throat> hear your opinion on the podcast favorite, which is Say You Swear by Megan Brandy. Uh, will not read it because uh, I don't like to hate myself. Wait up. Podcast favorite. Podcast favorite was not Say You Swear. Podcast favorite, 100%, it got two five stars from us, was by a thread, Lucy Score. Oh, you that's on there yet? <laughs> I went ahead and read a spoiler on Goodreads. I specifically sought out a spoiler for Say You Swear because I just couldn't stand. I'm on TikTok a lot and on BookTok, and there was so much about it, and it's curiosity was killing me. Much like the Ravenhood series, I went and found myself a spoiler for that, just so I would know that the fuck was happening, uh, even though there's no way in hell I'm going to read those, because oh God, I'm so scared I, for that. I'm so, I, I have, like, I suffer from depression a lot, and if I read one of those, I'll be like you, Ola, I'll be in the shower crying, balled no. up for two days. Okay, so I was anxiety in this corner. 
<laughs> Thank you. I cannot do it. I have too much empathy. So when I am, yeah. um, when I'm reading, I feel, and I think we all do that. So all, probably what we all love about romance is that you feel like you're whisked away and you're there and you get to detach from reality. I think I over attach to the reality of the book. And so like, I will literally be crippled. Um, I, I only do that with sad books. With normal books, I'm so surface level. And then a sad book comes <laughs> along and I'm like, why is this happening in the world? Why? Yeah. I hate myself. I think that the reason why I like sad books so much is because it feels like a catharsis. Like, it has to have a happy ending. If a sad book is just sad all the way through, then I feel empty at the end. And I do yeah. just, like, I need to just, like, just go and, like, stare at a wall for a while. But if it has a happy ending, you go through that and then it brings you back up and it just feels like, oh, like, oh, like, I've just released so many emotions. I'm, like, relaxed now. Like, it, I feel like it's, like, a therapy almost. Hmm. But how often can you read a book like that? She can read them every I, fucking book. I can read them all the time. <laughs> I can do <laughs> like a daily I maybe, cycle. I, allow I can do myself, two a year like that. That's it. Yeah, I yeah. allow myself one big cry every three years. Like one massive cry. <laughs> so I watch the blind side, right? I'm like, okay, this is my moment. And I wail. Like it's aggressive. The Sandra cry. Bullock movie? Yes. And so I sit there and I like wail at the TV and like everyone leaves. Everyone knows it's happening and they don't want to be around it. But ever since I met freaking G, I'm crying. I'm going to be crying during, I think we've got Drive coming up and I'm shitting myself to oh, read that yeah. book because I know that I'm just going to, if Betty almost cracked a tear, I'm fucked. Drive is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Because I because I really, really wanted to do Ravenhood and Ola was just like flat out no. So I just stuck snuck drive in there in our lineup Fucking because bitch. it's by the same author. <laughs> I'm happy to do Ravenhood. We have to like work me up to it. I can't. Yeah. Like, I, can't. I read the spoiler on that and I said, hard fucking pass. No, thank you. <laughs> First of all, I already know she picked the wrong guy. First of all, okay. Second of all, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. We ain't doing this bang bang. Mm mm. No. Mm mm. Ah. <laughs> no. All right. Back to the questions. <laughs> um, do you have a particular process or routine you follow that helps you write your books? Well, as you could tell by the um, level of preparedness and the fact that I stick to topics and questions so well, just in this interview alone, I'm sure you can imagine that I am a very detailed plotter. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, my, I have ADHD too, which I didn't know until TikTok told me I did. So thank you, TikTok. <laughs> But no, I think I really seriously do. It explains so much about my life. But um, my writing process is um, 10% planning, 90% chaos. And I go into, first of all, like where I write changes by the day. I could be sitting at my desk. I have a stand-up sit-down desk. I could be on my laptop in this house, in somebody else's house, in the couch, in the bed, in my car. I've written, gotten some good, like, speed writing done in, in my car before. Not while I'm driving. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't even have a... <laughs> don't put it past me because I did, uh, at some point, 
earlier this year think that I should become a driver for Uber Eats, and I convinced myself that I could do dictation of my books, like, into <laughs> the app, like, while I was driving around. No, that did not happen. It did not work out well. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> so where I write changes, um, and... But, and I'm still learning them. I've only got, this is my seventh book that's coming out. I only, um, I think I, going into the story, I know who my two main characters are. I know what their wound is or their trauma that they're going to heal through their story. And I know the tropes. Like, I know that I want this to be friends to lovers or, uh, okay, I have an idea of the basic like the most basic line of the story and I just start writing um and let them tell me uh what's happening and then somewhere around 25 to 30 percent I stop I look back at what I've written so far and I try to make sure that I've okay I've got them on the page together is there chemistry uh are there sparks where am I planting the seeds of doubt in their relationship? Like I try to do a check-in to make sure I'm not totally off the rails. And then I just keep writing again. Usually about 50%, I think I have the whole rest of the book figured out. Like I should be able to do it in this many more chapters. And I know this is when the dark moment is. And this is, but then I start writing it and it fucking changes every goddamn time. <laughs> and I'm like, I already had this figured out now I have to figure it out again um so it's just chaos 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 um but for some reason I don't know if it's luck or just my brain works in a funny way but I'm able to get to the end and it makes sense and I pull things from the beginning that I had forgotten about and tie them back in in a nice bow and um but it's 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 frighteningly chaotic <laughs> I, it, well it works. it works yeah i don't know how it's working it is it's your uh your guess is mine it is chaos <laughs> so you're about to release a new book mm-hmm. and uh it's called forbidden hero and we'd yeah. love well we've read it because we got did you guys access. read it yeah oh. <laughs> but um Obviously, no spoilers because it hasn't come out yet, but we'd love to give yeah. you, like, for you to give us, like, a quick synopsis um, for our audience so they can okay. go read it. All right. Um, so it's book two in my Red Leg Security series. So this series is a spinoff from my debut series. My debut series was Five Siblings. And in the last book, um, one of the characters had a stalker and they had to get bodyguards. And, of course, that's where we meet the characters from this series, which is the Bodyguard series uh, from Red Leg Security. And Red Leg, by the way, I've never mentioned it in the books. I should probably explain it at some point, probably saving it for Big Al's book. Um, It is a throwback to the, uh, in the Civil War, which is a United States of America thing that we had here. It's just a thing that happens in the U.S., Nobody else has civil war ever, but in our civil war, which was the greatest civil war, I'm just fucking with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I took, I took my joke way too far. Um, 
um, they had red stripes down their pants, uh, and the field, the field artillery units, and then that carried throughout the U.S. military. So the guys that work at Red Leg are former military, and that's why they named the country, the company that. Anywho, so uh, this series um, is more romantic suspense, but I'm still keeping my rom com vibes because I don't think I could ever write a serious book to save my life <laughs> that didn't have some cringe or some silliness in it. It is uh, Brother's Best Friend. He's always been in love with his, uh, his best friend's uh, sister. Uh, for as long as he's known her, but since he's an orphan and he never felt like he belonged, he never thought he was good enough for her. And then his best friend is the only family he's ever known that's really made him feel like he belongs. So he felt that she was completely off limits because he didn't want to lose that friendship at risk losing his only family. But once she is threatened, taken hostage, and goes for a joyride in the back of somebody's trunk... Things start to change, obviously. We've got... <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, it heats up a little bit. She's dealing with her own past trauma, so she gets to tap into her more dominant side in the bedroom in order to overcome that. And this is the first time I've written a hero who would willingly, like, submit and I have to say, I fucking loved it, and I want to write more of this because I just found it incredibly um, unique and hot, and I love this hero so much. I just, uh, I, I, he might he might be the top for me now. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, so that's about, that's the non-spoiler version. I'm like praying that Big Al ends up with Leo's mom. <laughs> i'm just gonna have to make you wait <laughs> one thing that i've got to say when we have been interviewing authors authors are the biggest teasers because you go like oh everyone's always sort of like oh maybe maybe yeah. you just have to wait and see and then we kind of grind them down and then in the end they're like all right fuck it i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like gotcha bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> To um, Gemma, I was like, so what's your next series? And she's like, oh, well, and I'm like, I know what it is, but what is it? What is it? And she's like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen. To, I didn't get through the, all that episode before time ran out. I'll have to go back and listen to that one. But yeah, um, so it's funny you mentioned that because when I finished uh, the Love and Laugh series at the end of Millie's book, the reason I went on to this storyline, because everybody wants an O'Malley's family book. The yeah. hero of book five from uh, Love and Last, Love and Other Accidents, had a huge Irish family. And I was originally planning on spinning right into that. And I, I still do intend to circle back to the O'Malley's, which is why you're going to see them making cameos throughout all of this um, <laughs> series. And yeah, I'm still going to have Fiona. Cause that poor oh my thing, God. the small right? yeah. Oh, no, I poor Fiona. I know. I know. So I was ready to spin off. However, Leo and Sue just jumped off the fucking page at me, um, and they were screaming so loud. And I went into this author group that I'm in on Facebook, and I had proposed the idea in my head, which I thought made perfect sense. 
was I'm going to do like a, a V, like I'm going to branch like a tree. I'm going to do one book of security and one book O'Malley's and then alternate, you know, until they're both done. And I just got destroyed in that group. And, and when we're talking best-selling authors are telling you don't do it, you're going to lose an audience. You're, you're asking people to invest in a new series. Um, they are not going to wait, you know, they're going to, they move on, you know, you got to get them to bend straight through. You're not going to have them bouncing back. And I'm like, no, but I really, the muse wants me to do it this way. And so no, that wasn't happening. Um, <laughs> but everybody said, here's what they told me to do. They said, make, CEO, make Sue and Leo, they said, make them the last book. Um, in your second series so that people are begging for them by the end. And I'm like, that's just mean. First of all, I'm begging for them already. I don't want to make myself wait. But that all the advice from these best-selling authors is like, tease the fuck out of your readers. Make them, you know, they're dying for it. They're going to want it so much by the end of the series. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are ruthless. That's evil. <laughs> right? That's I won't tell name. you the names of these people, but they're horrible. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't do that. I said, okay, I'm going to do Sue and Leo first because they will not shut up until I do it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and I love them so much. So, uh, which probably leads into another question. It does, which I'm I really bet. excited to talk to you about. Um, so in Heartbreak Hero, which is sue and leo um it provides like a unique take on the classic romantic heroine and we wanted to know like was there a particular reason you decided to do this and also leads into the other question which is why do you think it is so important to have neurodivergent representation in mm -hmm. romance novels yeah um this excellent excellent questions um and i one of the things with my books is i want them i I want them to be relatable, um, and I want them to be based in reality to, to some extent. Like, I want people to um, believe that all of these things could theoretically happen. Like, I don't – some books, it's just so out there, and you have to suspend so much reality to get through it, and that's fine. That's, that's another way to do it, um, not discounting that at all, um, but I always – wanted my books to be um, reflective of the world I live in. And I think so many people have um, experiences with anxiety, with depression, with autism, with other um, PTSD. There's, there's so many uh, mental health issues alone. Plus, uh, you have um, different family makeups, different, uh, there's just, there's so much uniqueness in the world. And I feel like uh, in the romance genre, uh, sometimes that tends to just all be a little bit washed over. Um, and I, and, and I've seen a lot of books where they try to uh, bring in somebody with anxiety, or they try to bring in somebody with OCD. And it doesn't always, um, either they go so far into it that you can't relate to that character because it's too specific, 
or it's just like they scratch the surface. And so my goal is to kind of be in the middle where it's relatable to as many readers as possible, but also does, uh, doesn't do a disservice to whatever that character's um, biodiverse or their, their neurodiversity is. So um, when I came up with the character of Sue O'Malley in Love and Other Accents, she was a side character, I knew immediately the first moment she jumped on the page, I don't know why, but she had anxiety for social situations. And the more I wrote her, uh, even though she was only in it a little bit, I was like, oh my gosh, she's on the spectrum. Um, and yeah, you can I tell when you read yeah, it, right? like as it goes along in that last book, um, especially like when they're on the stage mm-hmm. and she had to excuse herself and then come back um, yep. when they're at the school where she was like, this is too much. Like I just need a moment to regroup and come back like yep. you can start telling that that's where it's kind of going yes and the way um nick as the oldest brother of hers the way he knew uh to treat her with kid gloves even though he didn't know she was on the spectrum at the time um kid gloves probably not the right word for it either that's a little demeaning i apologize for that but um yeah i i don't know Sometimes I don't know why I come up with the ideas I do. Honestly, I couldn't tell you, but I do know that I draw a lot from my actual life. And I have a son that's on the spectrum, and he's like my whole world. And I wrote her as the heroine for Heartbreak Hero, Um as almost like my wish for him. Obviously, I don't wish that he gets threatened and has to run away <laughs> to some cabin <laughs> with a bodyguard. <laughs> but my wish is that he finds someone who loves him and has the patience and has the understanding and the compassion that Leo has for Sue. That story is almost like a retelling of my hope for my son. And I obviously made the heroine a female because the thought of my son in any type of sexual situation (laughs) is beyond repulsive. So I had to flip the genders there. (laughs) But um, I'm going to stop crying. Already. I, honestly, it's it's a it's a it's a it's like a love letter for my son. If that makes sense at all. I, that's, I just that's really amazing. That's so beautiful. I want that for him more than I think. And I think as well, like the the way that you wrote Heartbreak Hero too, like what you were talking about before about finding that middle ground between you know just scratching the surface of the characters, sort of like and the issues that she has going on, and the way that she perceives things compared to like del- delving too deep into them. It's, mm-hmm. Sue has like an amazing internal like voice that you can as you obviously as you were the one writing it as you read it you really feel like you understand her process for understanding things and mm-hmm. her sort of the reasons why she does things and especially at the start of the book like her insecurity about Leo and like relating that back to the fact that she is on the spectrum that's like it was done so well because it's oh. yeah like I really enjoyed Thank that Thank you. And I, I, that was, um, I don't, this is again, I didn't plan it to be like that um, almost, po- I don't want to say poetic because that sounds a little like I'm boasting. But sometimes whenever I'm writing something and I get to the full circle on it, it's like, 
oh my gosh, that's so powerful. How did I not, like, why wasn't that planned? Like, how did that just happen? (laughs) And that was one of those things. Like, she didn't understand people. She doesn't. She struggles. And the way he left, she, she, he knew that. He knew he had to say the things he had to say to leave, which in his dumb male mind, sorry, I'm just kidding, male listeners, you're all great. Um, In his (laughs) mind, he was doing the right thing. (laughs) I had a dream the other night that we like went on a full male rampage on the podcast. Oh. We were like, I don't know why. That could be a whole episode. A really weird dream. A series but... even. Yeah, we could do a whole episode on shitty male characters in books. Yes. <laughs> don't get me started on Chase. Don't do it. Don't get me started on Ant or Chase. I'm still on the hate train. Um, did you see, did you read See Me After Class? Um, I think it was uh Megan is that a Quinn? Megan Quinn book when he stole her vibrator no I, I never read that book but I never forgave him it. for that I never <laughs> forgave him for that he was irredeemable he stole her fucking vibrator <laughs> wouldn't let her get off that I is think I read unacceptable the, I think I've read um the book so I know that see me after class is like the teacher one and then mm-hmm. one of the other teachers starts dating like one of their sisters or something. I read that one, yeah. but I don't remember what that one's called. Earn your extra credit, maybe. No, I don't know, she's got like three of those teacher ones, yeah. Yeah. But that would be one. He would go on the list of characters I hated. Um, even when I, at the end I was like, oh, they're happy. Yay for them. And I was like, fucking give her a vibrator back. <laughs> Isn't it funny how sometimes we'll read something and one random thing that an author was like, this will be funny. Next thing you know, a year later, some bitch is on a podcast blasting your book for the character stealing a vibrator. So like speaking specifically on representing those on the spectrum, there is a lot of um, misinformation or um, stereotyping within books. So as someone who has like a lived experience, do you think it's important that somebody either has a lived experience themselves or is like, I guess, closely connected to like somebody on the spectrum to be able to like correctly portray it in a novel? Uh, No. Um, I think as long as they get sensitivity readers or uh, do their research beforehand, I don't think it's necessary to have lived it. Um, I've never been in a fake marriage, <laughs> but I wrote That's that. True. <laughs> um, I think there's, but I think um, what what happens, unfortunately, is that maybe they just hear one person's story and, you know, go with that. And I, I don't want to, my, my story isn't the only story as well. Um, so I still, you know, talk to other people, did other research of, I went down, um, one of the ways I researched her was I went on like autism TikTok and listened to stories from people on the spectrum and neurodivergent TikTok. There's, TikTok is just so incredibly useful. It's really changing the world. And I know that sounds stupid and cliche, but it's true uh, to some extent. But I learned so much. And then what I learned, I went and then researched as well um, to make sure I was coming at it from the most sensitive, uh, realistic, and um, genuine, I guess, 
honest way I could. And I think as long as someone puts in the due diligence, they can write about whatever they want. I'm Ideally, I, we need more people of color. We need more, um, you know, we need a lot more diversity. But um, I don't think that precludes other people from doing it as long as they do their homework. Yeah, that was a wonderful answer. Thank you for That's that. It's actually really <laughs> good. Can I ask a question quickly? What do you mean autobiography? <laughs> Hit us up with the I drama. May... Okay, book one, Love Another Chaos. <laughs> uh, for those who haven't read it, single mom with a kid on the spectrum has the hots for her son's teacher <laughs> and may or may not have been <laughs> based on reality it was I totally had the hots for my son's first male teacher oh my gosh I, I know he's not gonna listen to this I can't imagine um Mr. Farrell what he uh, now, it, it was it was only a crush it was just a crush uh but I totally had the hots for him and um we went on a field trip and I was the chaperone and I just remember like I was like a, a little high schooler all of a sudden. I was a total idiot. So, yeah, it's my own fanfic <laughs> on my life that didn't happen. Like, that happened, but nothing ever happened of it, sadly. Um, but, yeah. And I read a review for that book <laughs> recently that said, I just found the character too sarcastic. I couldn't relate to her. And I was like, she's literally me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like, I think that's like a thing that happens with mums as well, though. It's like, if you see somebody that's really good with your kids, you're like, ooh, nice. 100%. Absolutely. He was the first teacher, because at the time we didn't know my son was on the spectrum, much like Miles in the book. He was so kind to him, and he spent so much time with him. And with me, he would send me emails, phone calls. We had so many conferences where he was just, you know, doing like, a, a you know top of the line teachering and um it was so incredibly hot yeah there's and it's probably about, because i was gonna say my like son like he's been gone oh, sorry, <laughs> 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 just keep talking <laughs> um his dad has been out of the picture since he was very 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 little um so i think seeing a man take that initiative with him was extremely attractive there's something about like watching your partner hold a baby or like watching or I'm sure like watching somebody take care of your kids really well that just makes your ovaries go into overdrive like yeah. I watched my partner <laughs> hold a baby the other day and I was like you better fucking wait until we get home because shit's going down like, <laughs> I need to take an extra birth control pill because shit is going down when we get home <laughs> It's incredibly hot. <laughs> yeah. And I was never into it. I think it's like my age now where and I'm like where I'm like impregnate me immediately. So I like see him with children and I'm like, oh my God. It's Darwinism <laughs> at its finest it's to keep the rude. species alive. It's so rude. <laughs> the audacity of you to look like that you? holding a baby. Oh. How dare you, body? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Do you have a favorite book? or character that you've written um yeah all of them they're all yeah. my um who would you so, marry if you could pick marry, one guy 
I would marry the shit out of Court Amos. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the golden retriever energy. I love his sar- – he fucking wore a cup to his sister's house. The fucking – because he was afraid she was going to have him in the balls. He's hilarious. I love him. Um, and then he's all dominant-like in bed. But he's so sweet. Yeah, Court is um, probably my favorite hero. But Sawyer is right up there. And then Hudson is probably the third. Um, I love them all. Overall favorite characters, probably Miles, the kid. (laughs) Just because I just found him hilarious to write and to go inside his head occasionally is a lot of fun. And then maybe... For heroines, it would be a toss-up between Sue, um, just because she's so unique, and um, so no artifice with her, and she's just so sweet and everything. Um, But then also Kara, because she is me, and (laughs) (laughs) I love margaritas. I will not make apologies for that, and uh, I am very sarcastic, and I can never be serious. (laughs) (laughs) okay we're gonna get a little bit steamy love this part (laughs) what is your favorite of the best like smart scene you think you've written let me refer to my list (laughs) (laughs) okay so I broke it down into four categories. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! This is I'm amazing. trying to speak. I'm trying to speak to the type A of G. <laughs> in four categories: favorite kiss, the hottest, the sweetest, and the weirdest. Okay, those are my categories. <laughs> Number one favorite kiss was right out of the gate: Kara kissing Brody in Love and Other Chaos, even though it was being filmed for a TikTok challenge and she knew Helen was there watching with the camera. Didn't matter. She just walked up to Brody and was like, yes! And took what she wanted. And and it was in his, his POV. And he's like so smitten with her that he was just like, this is heaven. I'm This is rapture. Uh, I love that kiss. That kiss will always be special. Um, so then weirdest smut scene... <laughs> I'm sure there's no contest here. Millie and Nick with the spaghetti sauce. Oh, Um, yeah. I was really confused. I was like, why the fuck is there spaghetti sauce on her stomach? (laughs) She was dragging her finger. And it was like, wait a second. Why are there noodles on the table? Yeah, because I don't know why. The way that I imagined it was like he was picking up the spaghetti and just like... <laughs> Makes a note to immediately go back and clarify that that is not what was happening. <laughs> yeah, but my brain like takes me to another level, so don't take anything. Yeah, to, yeah no, don't listen to me. He was running his finger through the sauce and like painting her with it. But um, but then I was like, is that gonna burn? But he's not gonna go all the way down there with it. But anyways, that's where you had to suspend reality for that one. Um, but of course, while Bella Note is uh, the lady in the tramp song playing in the background, you have to have that. And I just find it funny that those two were very anti having kids and they had this weird Disney sex fetish. Okay, the sweetest uh, smut scene was Sue and Leo whenever he finally made her take off her shirt because she was oh, just hiding her stretch funny. marks. Like, 
Like, I don't think Sue had confidence problems. And um, most, from my experience, most people on the spectrum don't. Um, And that's a generalization. But I feel like a lot of people on the spectrum do not care what other people think by and large. Like, they're a little bit shut off to that. Um, But she was just like, the stretch marks were just a weird thing for her since she's a curvy girl. So she didn't care. She wasn't, like, all up in her head about it. But she was just like, well, we don't have to have that off to have sex. So, like, functionally it doesn't matter. But he's like, no, you're not going to hide from me. And so... Then he made her, you know, take off the shirt, took off the shirt so sweetly. And that was just really beautiful and sweet and still hot. And then he made her get on top, too, so we could watch. That's, that's hot. Um, then we get to the hottest. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did he did like the jigglies. Yeah, I love that. Uh, uh-huh. The jug jiggle. They love that. They do. Well, I mean, honestly, though, like, think about it. It's been a while for me, so I have to stretch my memory back. But anytime you're on top, the guys are like, they just stare at you like like dogs with their tongues out. I saw the funniest meme the other day, and it was like, for any guy who sucked your tits, they should wish you a happy Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I thought it was so good. Yeah. I, love it. I thought that, that was name was just right on the mark. <laughs> oh, all right, smut. Um, so Court and Amber had some hot sex in Love and Other Lies, and one scene I actually cried when I wrote was, which whenever I look back, I'm like, why were you crying while you wrote this? <laughs> the hallway blowjob scene. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a beautiful cry because he had like he had his own love at first come on the boobs come shot. <laughs> it's like he realized I think I love her, <laughs> and I don't know why that was. It just struck. It's like oh sweet court, <laughs> first time you get to paint some girl's boobs, you're gonna fall in love. I don't know why that was. <laughs> I don't know why it was the way it was. <laughs> I'm not right in the head. Uh and then when we already mentioned um Archer poor blue ball Archer having to <laughs> um but when he picked up CJ and put him put her on his mouth, manhandled her up there because yeah, she was like, pretty you can't hot. I'm not gonna lie. And then went around to sneak around to the back door. Yeah, that was hot. <laughs> Love a bit of butt play. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Little finger yes. tickle. Yeah, I, I need to get more of that in the books. Um, incidentally, the views on my TikTok, whenever I put sexy clips, that one always gets the most attention. <laughs> <laughs> the backdoor stuff. <laughs> yeah, people are fucking horny. Very horny. Yeah. Where did we all get this horny? Is I it? I don't know. And I feel like I've only, once we started getting into the romance world, I realized how horny people were. So horny. People you say women don't like to have sex as much as men. Bull fucking shit. <laughs> the hell we don't. Yeah. We're just a bunch of horn dogs running around. We are. 
sad. (laughs) (laughs) And our one, our last question, a question that we ask all of our authors is if you could offer any advice to an aspiring romance author, what would it be? Uh, Run, run away. (laughs) No, Um, my advice is to do your research, talk to other indie authors um, to to hear what's worked for them and what hasn't, and um, just be prepared to to have some really thick skin. If you can't take criticism, don't do this. You're it's an art. You're putting art out there, and the whole point of art is to be judged by someone. So, uh, I, and there's always you know talk going around about reviewers being too harsh or not and it's I went I almost stopped writing after CJ and Archer's book because of a bad review I got and I I literally was on the couch for like two days just flipping through Netflix like what is life what is (laughs) and it was um but I was one person and nothing that you write is going to be good for everyone. And everybody could be in a different mood when they go into your book. Like me with the not so meet cute. I know I'm going to finish it and probably love it like everybody else has. I just wasn't in the mood at that point. Um, and that's okay. Um, I, I, but you have to have some seriously thick skin or else you will not be happy at all. You will be, um, ready for your room at the rubber ramada because it is um, it's emotionally challenging more so than anything I've ever done in my life and um, it's also rewarding but it's hard work writing the book is like the easy part it is everything else that is it, it's um, it's not for the faint of heart that's for sure but you know if you love telling stories and, and bringing those to life, then sometimes it's worth the hard work. That's where I'm at. That's so beautiful. It is so sweet. That's so nice. Oh. What's that? Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for coming and speaking to us. It's been a pleasure. You are absolutely hilarious. Fucking funny. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> and we love your books and we hope you get like some sort of TikTok phenomenon advertising. I need it so badly. I don't want to have to go back to work. I'm not cut out for corporate America with this mouth, please. <laughs> <laughs> corporate America is hard work. We've spoken about it a couple of times. It's definitely different to what we've got going on here. So I feel you that. I'm telling you. Every meeting I've awkwardly walked out of going, I should not have said that. Oh, (laughs) if I had a nickel for every one of those. (laughs) So if you're a listener with a million TikTok (laughs) followers, um, please post Jackie's book on your account. Please, please help me. I'm poor. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that scene in the movie Bridesmaids. Help me, I'm poor. That's me. I'm the author version of uh, Drunk Kristen Wiggin in First Class. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so on next week's episode, we will be discussing The Lord of London Town by Tilly Cole, um, which is Ooh. right up my alley because it is... That's a crying a, book, isn't it? It's a dark book. It's about a Birmingham mobsters. Fuck yeah. Love a mob. Very excited. Peaky Blinders-esque. Um, it'd be good Ooh. to get an action book in. We haven't really done like an action-y yeah. violent yeah. book, have we? No. We've either cried yeah. Ooh, or yeah, just right up our alley. <laughs> Diversify. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next week. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.